This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Oh, hey! Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know, they're both good. (laughs) I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. (laughs) Oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. (laughs) So as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you'd never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country and I pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull up the couch. It's the Labia Lounge. Hey, all you lovely labia legends. So happy to have you back in the lounge with me this week. And I'm so excited because... I reckon this is going to be a fun one. Um, this is the first time in double L history that I've had three guests sitting on the couch with me today. And I'm lucky enough to be chatting with the clits today, aka the legendary gals from the clit talk show, Lindsay, Katie and Sugar. <laughs> so if you haven't heard of them before, these women have created a ripper podcast of their own where they go out and try all the boundary pushing sexcapades, confront and disrupt their shame, and then hop on the air to tell all the gritty details. A little bit like me. <laughs> they will try almost anything once. Um, like, for instance, this is definitely something I'm going to ask you about getting pregnant in a sex party um yeah so that will be that will be featured I'm not going to glaze over that one um they now they are now sex and empowerment communication coaches and also have their own sex and empowerment signature masterclass which is a roadmap to regain self-love harness your true voice and live a turned on life sounds brilliant my love so welcome to the lady lounge are you saying this is your this is your first podcast orgy? We're taking your your threesome cherry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, and it couldn't be with better babes. I'm so honored. Oh, all right. Awesome. So, We're so happy to be here. Yeah. Oh, stoked. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. We've already been having some giggles. I know, uh, sugar has already laid down the gauntlet and said, I'm going to try to make my TMI story the most TMI. And I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> my money's definitely on sugar. <laughs> yeah. <she got> it. <laughs> 
I wonder why. <laughs> she got the good. I want I want Katie to come out of left field and just annihilate you though. Also, I, I know just though, delighted. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I might, your story might inspire something. You never know what I might remember. Uh, amazing. Well, apart from all of the funny buggers, I would also love to have a bit of a like loose focus for the epi on you know, some kind of inspiring educational content. So I thought we could do a little bit about having a self-pleasure practice and how it's changed your lives because I know it's been a pretty big game changer. Um, And then maybe touch upon like how to design your own pleasure, positive lifestyle and and self-pleasure practice. Mm. But I also really want to ask you about your experiences being sex podcasters because that's pretty relevant to me. Like I'm pretty new in this arena. I feel like you would have some fucking stories to tell. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I want to hear about like bedroom bloopers and all all the juicy shit that you kind of come across in your line of work as well. So, yeah, I mean... Firstly, though, I I can't help but ask. I said I would um, right off the bat. Who the fuck got pregnant at a sex party? Tell me this story. That, that would be me. That would be the token mon- <laughs> the token monogamous mom. That's who. Yes, <laughs> it, it was the best night of my life. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I it was me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we were doing an episode, like we said, we'll try almost anything once and one of the episodes we were doing was going to a sex party which was something that I had never even considered doing in my life <laughs> and um, sugar and I had nine of us yeah <laughs> they, had already been, they had already been to a couple um but you know it wasn't really my thing um but we were doing an episode so I was like well I'm gonna go and um it was Halloween and Basically, it was just like a party and then the sex broke out and the girls were like the centerfold of the party. And I was <laughs> of course. Yeah, we were. We took over the master be- bedroom. They literally claimed the room and I'm like, oh great. Okay. I'm gonna just like watch what's happening. And um so um so I actually had a really different experience um that was ended up being liberating, but it was very um, overwhelming to me in in the beginning. It really like we, we talk about, you know, when you are creating your pleasure, positive life, setting value based boundaries, but also pus- pushing edges. So this was mm-hmm. definitely an edge pushing for me. And um, so when the sex started breaking out, my husband and I were just kind of like going upstairs, like staying really close to each other, trying not to touch anyone. <laughs> Or be touched. <laughs> or be touched, and, yeah. Um, and um and I I did get very um emotional because there was part of me that wanted to feel as liberated as I saw my girlfriends mm-hmm. and people who I trust and respect and um and I was there to to have an experience mm-hmm. um that I my instinct was to to bolt, right? Was to leave because I I had reached mm. my edge, and yeah. um and my husband was I'm good so gracious. <laughs> he was like, okay, let's go because he was kind of like I I'm just here for you, you know, you know. He's there for I'm sure his other reasons, but he'll do whatever I want. <laughs> and then um through tears, 
because it started like sobbing because I I wanted to, but I didn't want to. I was like, well, Mm. should we at least have sex first? (laughs) So I ended up having the most transformational experience up on this Hollywood Hills rooftop. We kind of went to where the party wasn't. There was a couple uh, couples. So it was a very interesting experience to voyeur and be voyeured from a distance um, with Mm. partnered sex um, couples. And um, it was a very erotic experience. And I was Wonder Woman and my husband was Superman. He was Clark Kent. And um, <laughs> I got, I got, we, we were, we were trying at the time. And when I got my ultrasound oh, okay. and my due date, I got pregnant that night. <laughs> so that is I got she did the math. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's and it, actually like far more wholesome than I expected. I thought it was like one of you <laughs> got pregnant with a stranger and didn't want it and had to yeah. terminate, you know, like this. You actually, so you have a child now. No. From this sex party. no. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. My son. No. Yeah. He's two and a half. Oh, you now. do? Okay. I thought you were yeah. like, oh no. And I was like, oh my God, please don't tell me your baby died. Holy fuck. Okay, cool. Happy. No, no, my God, no. No, no he's, he is, he's well and healthy and thriving. He, yeah. he went to the zoo today with his dad. He's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. There's like a bit of a. But delay man, is it crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's a wild. You know, like we started Clit Talk and Katie was not a mom. So we were fucking thrilled to have a Clit Talk baby on board. It was like one of the greatest moments in Clit Talk and, yeah. and when Katie gave oh. us the reveal and just a little background on, on the three of us hosts, we couldn't be more fucking polar opposite from each other. So like on one side of the spectrum, we have Katie who just shared the token monogamous sex positive mommy <laughs> married happily for what is it? 15 years now? 14 yeah, years? 14. Yeah. 14. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you got me. Queers can be. <laughs> I don't think there's one straight bone in my body, although there must be because I ended up marrying a man. I'm in a committed non-monogamous marriage. We dabble in the poly world and the swingers community. So, and then there's Lindsay, who I it depends on the day. Lindsay. Depends Lindsay. on the day of the week. <laughs> she really balances us, us out as a team. I'm fl- I, I'm fluid, you know. Sometimes though. I am. I'm in currently in um, more of a monogamous relationship, but you know, with the occasional threesome with either a man or a woman. <laughs> Sometimes me and Lindsay make out when we feel like it. When we're in the mood, we're feeling each other. Like I said, it like depends on the quarter. day of the week. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Oh, I love it so much. Such and they they dynamic. love Such to share their stories to to make me blush. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Our goal in life is to make Katie uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, my God. It's good, though. I like it. Yeah. But we keep it really edgy. builds for like a fascinating <laughs> yeah. friendship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we I keep you imagine. edgy. <laughs> like pushing her edges. It's good to have those friends. It's really good to have those friends. I feel like I am that friend to certain friends. And then. I have mm. friends that are that to me, you know, like I'm kind of in the middle as well. I'm pretty fucking vanilla, but I'm also very open-minded and sex positive. And like during my sort of explorations when I was venturing into this world, I definitely 
Yeah, I pushed my edges like hard. Um, I didn't get pregnant in a sex party, but I I can relate to that like you know the the feeling of like going to something like a sex party or something like that and being like, ooh, okay, like maybe I could get into this, but also maybe I'm going to burst into tears. Very hard to tell. Do I feel safe enough? So it, it's really cool that you like you know you had your husband who is obviously very understanding and a safe container, and then you found a spot within the sex party still kind of participating and getting to have like a little bit of engagement with that other couple, but yeah, not like really fucking blowing yourself out of the water and becoming really traumatized. So I think you nailed I, I that. Actually highly, I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it for anyone who's curious to, to try mm. and go and like you can leave, you know, and you don't have to do anything, but you know, it ended up being weird how not weird it was after mm. Yeah, like everyone was yeah. intimate with each other, and it was actually a really uh, liberating experience that I would maybe do again. Yeah, Freya, have you ever been to a sex party or a play party? Okay, maybe. I thought it was. I I thought it was really funny that you called you you called yourself vanilla. I would definitely. I don't think I would describe you as vanilla. You first of all, you're sitting there in like a rainbow shirt. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I've been to, I guess, the tantric versions of, well, yeah, like play parties or sex parties, probably more yeah. on the tantric side than, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Although I haven't been like in a full-blown orgy-ness. Oh, wait. I mean, look, I've had some, ex- <laughs> I've had some interesting experiences. <laughs> I don't know how you'd categorize them, but, um, Great. but yeah, I feel like the, the key was just like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't feel as weird. I mean, it's it's the space that gets created by the people that are there, by the way it's set up. You know, if it's a safe and like responsible space that's been set up right and with the right intentions and the mm-hmm. people there are all just like there for the right reasons and it's quite, yeah, I don't know. I feel like especially people who, who engage in that lifestyle regularly, like it is normal. So like you go there and even if you would be like, oh, my God, this is so weird, it doesn't feel as weird because once you're just like you sink into it a bit, you're like, oh, well, it's so normal for everyone else here. So like I I guess I feel pretty normal now too. Like it's not as weird as you'd expect. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I kind of – I almost had like a few years of being like super titillated and excited by certain scenes and trying certain things and now I feel like I've um, – I haven't like hung up the belt but I've I've calmed down a lot and I've kind of – because I was also like non-monogamous for years and now I'm in a committed monogamous relationship and like loving that to death, like fucking loving that and don't see that changing anytime soon. So I feel like, you know, we go through different, at least I go through like different um, phases and it kind of ebbs and flows a little bit depending on like my needs and how safe I feel really. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I can totally relate to that. I I feel like I actually just came out of a hibernation of not – I were I wasn't expressing my poly side at all for like mm. three or four months, and I was like, "Am I just not poly anymore?" And then I just was like, "Oh no, I'm just it's just the moment that I'm in, the current needs that I have. Like it's just yeah. that's okay." And coming to accept that, because uh, it could be a bit of an expectation. It's like, well, it's been I've been being this way. Should I continue? Like it's like um, <laughs> where we can be more. Our sexuality is like a river; it's fluid. You don't know what's around mm. the river bend, and you know it's, the tides are going to be. At different 
you know, levels and the, the, the wind is going to be different. And so that river is not going to be the same at any point down mm-hmm. it. So I don't feel like I've ever been stagnant in my sexuality. It's always ever changing and ever shifting and ever evolving. Hey, babe towns. So sorry to interrupt, but I simply had to pop my head into the lounge here and mention another virtual lounge that you've seriously got to get around. It's the Labia Lounge Facebook group that I've created for listeners of the potty to mingle in. And there you'll find extra bits and bobs like freebies or discounts for offerings from guests who've been interviewed on the podcast, inspiring and valuable content, thought-provoking conversations, and just general support from a community of labial legends. It's a safe, non-judgmental space where you can go to ask the questions that you can't ask anywhere else, seek advice or solidarity from other like-minded folk, tell stories that are usually too much for the average conversation, and also play a role in shaping the podcast with your input. So through this group, you can submit stories that you'd like me to read out for the TMI Sand in My Clam and Get Pregnant and Die segments. Um, And as well, you you can send in questions or topics that you would like covered on the potty. I'm always open to suggestions and input and you never know, you might hear your story on an episode. So my vision for the group is that it becomes a really rewarding, supportive, educational and hilarious resource for you to access and be a part of. So head over to the link in the show notes or just search up the Labia Lounge group on the old facey and I hope I see you in there. And now back to the episode. Yeah. And even in times where I have had very low libido like and higher libidos and different phases of my life like being pregnant post-pregnancy like different times in your life it's one of our missions is to really normalize that like your sexuality ebbs and flows and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you necessarily if you if you're in more Mm -hmm. of a low point there's other things to explore during that time Mm -hmm. and and still staying connected to your body and honoring and respecting where it's at Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that because I feel like there's just this, uh, I don't know, glorification of a high libido or someone that's always DTF. And, you know, we obviously would love it if that were the case all the time. Like, wouldn't that be nice? But, you know, for most people, most women in particular, like, you know, our our libido ebbs and flows, it's affected by so many different factors. And yeah, I want to normalize that too. I was just, um, writing out a bunch of content yesterday for my online course because I'm doing like a whole module on libido because that's something I get asked about all the fucking time. Mm. And, you know, I also have been wanting to do a podcast episode about it and just be like, hey, like I am a sex coach and educator and I do not have a crazy high libido and sometimes I don't have sex for like a couple of fucking months. Like, and, and, and sometimes I'm on, you know, like it ebbs and flows and it's easy to kind of get bogged down and like beat yourself up and be like, what's wrong with me? Am I broken? What's going on? I wish my libido was higher. Um, am I a failure as a, as a wife or a partner or a woman or whatever? Um, and especially if you're like real, you know, really sex positive and I talk about sex like every day, it's my job, you know, and my passion. So sometimes I would be prone to like feeling um like a bit of an imposter or a, or a phony because I was like oh my god I haven't even had sex for like a few weeks I have no interest in it right now at all like I'm not even thinking about it I haven't even had a maz you know like what's wrong with me oh I can't be like I can't be coaching people on this but you know these days I'm just like oh no that probably makes me even better at my job because I can relate to people I don't just have a freakishly high libido all the time that's not affected by like anything you know it's 
it's totally a fluid thing. And I think the most important thing is being okay and accepting where you're at. And obviously, if you, you know, if it's consistently low and you would like to change that, there's things that you can do. But I'm just like, I'm very much about embracing the ebbs and the flows and not freaking out when I have an ebb because I know that there will be another flow, you know, in future. Mm. So, yeah, I love that you mentioned that. (laughs) Mm. So, speaking of libido, one thing that can really, I guess, um, enhance your libido and I guess like fuel the fires um, because I know, you know, one component of of, uh, desire is – you know, it's a bit of like use it or lose it. And the more we use the sort of um, erotic bone in our body, (laughs) um, the more testosterone that brings, you know, us women like orgasm enhances, like increases testosterone, which then obviously makes us want to have sex more. Um, And also just like stoking the fires of that like eros and, you know, orgasmic energy will then kind of feed into um, feeling like it more and it being quite like alive in your body and activated. So, you know, one thing that I talk to people about um, when they do want to like put a bit of effort into um, increasing their libido is having a self-pleasure practice. And I know this is a big thing that you guys talk about and coach people on. Um, I know, you know, self-pleasure has like changed your life I mean Katie like you have an amazing story about how it's been a game changer for you so I'd love to hear yeah like for all of you like how has you know why has it become so important to you having a self-pleasure practice well I can kick us off I think I start at the (laughs) bottom of the barrel right I was a I was a 32 year old woman who had never masturbated before and didn't know that women masturbated, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with upbringing and general education in our country. And, you know, women, if you're not taught, you don't have direct access like a male body has, right? So both need education and support. Um, But I definitely, um, when I started Clit Talk, I had a series of medical issues. I'm a registered nurse and I was very healthy And then this last year, right before I started the podcast, I started having all of these really terrible, I had anywhere from a kidney stone to a um, herniated, multiple herniated discs to a concussion to numbness down my leg. And it was all on my left side. Um, And it was my, which is, you know, your masculine side. I was really forcing my way through life. And, um, And it wasn't until we started a book club, which eventually became the podcast, reading Pussy Reclamation by Regina Tomashauer, which if you haven't read it, we highly recommend it. Um, Yep, epic book. book. (laughs) Changed my life, um, where I (laughs) I learned about self-pleasure and was able to be in this book call-in book club where we were all able to talk about our own experiences and... um, and really share and be vulnerable and courageous within that space. And what happened when I started self-pleasuring, when I started learning how to masturbate masturbate and connect with my body, my back pain got better. And I had been in bed mm. for eight months and had been seen by so many doctors and had really given up on having a normal Whoa. quality of life again. Oh my God. And um, and that's when clit talk for me has been such a mission because masturbation is a health conversation. 
there are so many mm. benefits to it. Um, like you, you mentioned to like increasing your libido and there's so much like pleasure to have. Like it's so, it's <laughs> such an expansive thing, uh, practice to really have, um, incorporated into your life. And, you know, there's still times where I like, don't feel like it, but Mama Gina and I and I say this to our clients all the time. You have to reach for your pleasure, like your life depends on it, because mm-hmm. it does. Because when you yeah. stop knowing your worth and that you are worthy of pleasure, and that my pleasure matters, like I didn't think that my pleasure mattered. I never thought mm-hmm. about it in my entire life. You know, no one had ever talked to me about it. I wasn't surrounded by a community of people who this was important to. And um, so a self-pleasure practice has been hugely instrumental in um, my own personal transformation, but also my health on a very, in a very big way. Wow. Amazing. So I just got goosebumps when you were talking about, um, you know, like how you'd basically resigned yourself to a subpar life potentially in bed or at least in pain and yeah it's just completely turned things around like wow no wonder you're so passionate about it (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah and what about you other two what's like what's the sort of yeah so i i actually yeah yeah i actually did have a self-pleasure practice coming into the project and was raised in a home where my mom was a registered nurse, um, but was sex positive and educated me on all of it. Um, the thing that oh. Clit Talk opened up for me inside of this conversation was really a platform to um, discover my kinky side and to remove um, mm. shame around that. I have, um, I'm what you call like a cerebral kink where you have very, you know, taboo fantasies. And I kept that a secret because I thought that there was something wrong with me or that it was weird or no one else has fantasies like that, you know. And um, Mm. through my discovery of that, I also, it, it gave me, you know, being educated and just questioning and having open conversations around self pleasure really opened up the catalyst for me to start to discover what really turns me on. Um, and we call it like your masturbation style, right? I was masturbating for my wrong style. I, you know, I think mm. I'd watch a little porn and then I'd use a vibrator and, and my clit would go numb and I got frustrated. And then, you know, we did a whole episode on the five different types of clits and I learned that, oh, I have a small clit, which requires gentle stimulation. And that's why my clit was going numb all the time. And so I found tools that worked for me and my personality and my masturbation style, my pleasure, like the pleasure practices that really turned me on. And, you know, for instance, it's like, so audio porn doesn't do it for me. But something I recently discovered, because this is an ongoing conversation, (laughs) is that audio porn really gets me going, especially when it's like someone bossing me around because it, you know, it tickles my kink and I can, you know, and then I found all these, this audio porn site where it's all about the fantasies that I like and, and I just realized, you know, it's having open conversations around this that can have you really disrupt and discover, I would say, what really works for you and what turns you on because everyone deserves to be turned on. (laughs) They really do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I'm so happy for you that you've like kind of dialed into, yeah, what really 
tickles you. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of different masturbation styles, you know, and you might be into more rom- romance and you want to start with a bath or you might be into, you know, teasing yourself. Like there's lots of different colors you can paint with. Um, and we recently did an episode with Jessie Fresh and she kind of went into more detail about all those different potential colors that you can paint with around your own personal pleasure mm. practice so that it can be fun for you. I think a lot of people don't masturbate because mm. they're bored because they haven't found out their personality around it yeah. and their style of doing it. Yeah, totally. And by the way, if you want a pre-released version of that episode, I'm not sure when this airs, but you can go to clittuckshow.com forward slash guide <laughs> mm-hmm. and you can listen to our episode about all the different types of masturbation styles. It's true. <laughs> yes. Plus many other things. It's our clip, so, clip notes. Clit Talk Cliff Notes. We actually took the best of the best from the last 200 plus episodes because we have been doing this for almost five years now, we realized. And, you know, where a lot of people, when they discover our show, they're like, where do we start? You know? And so what we did is we put together this guide that really guides you through the best of the best uh, from our opinion and what's made the biggest difference in our lives. So, yeah. It's like the highlight reels of all the stuff you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. And it's expansive where you're really. You're really able to be your own pleasure researcher because that's how mm-hmm. we started. So we wanted to provide that mm. experience for um, the people who sign up for our free gift. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah. a pleasure researcher. Fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah, we definitely okay. believe that if more people had access to uh, living a pleasure positive life, that that is access to more peace on this planet. Mm-hmm. And... So that's our, that is our guiding light is just like that knowingness that, you know, the peace that it's brought in all of our lives. I mean, we are unrecognizable to our partners (laughs) with the work that we do with Clit Talk. Um, And I'll share for me, you know, I've been masturbating since the age of four years old. (laughs) Um, I discovered my clitoris at a very young age. And um, little did I know uh, what I was doing, but at the age of eight, I was gathering women, friends of mine in circles and in jacuzzis. <laughs> and at age 11 and 12, I, I literally would be in each other's, each other's playdates for how, like each other's houses for playdates. And I'd be like, let's masturbate together. And I don't know, but maybe we should get in a circle. Like, you know, just super witchy at a young age. Didn't even realize what I was doing. Um, and maybe we should set an intention before, you know, this is me at 12. Um, and, oh uh, I've been an interesting journey at around that age. I actually was cyber bullied on MySpace. There wasn't Facebook at the time, but it was MySpace. I was slut shamed publicly online and mm. everyone in their family and parent, like every parent, of every kid in the school district, like knew who I was before I entered high, entered high school. So that, that, that epicness that I kind of, that, that, that's that sexual freedom that I say that epicness Mm. that I grew up with. I was always expressed till the age of 12 when I got like publicly humiliated online. Uh, That being said, I, I really sexualized sex and myself. I, I would constantly object sex to me was, what you think of when you think of sex. And we work with the erotic blueprints a lot. So I'll speak to the sexual archetype. I was only operating in my sexual side. Mm. Like, so nudity, porn, dicks and vaginas, like, let's go, gung-ho, right? Ready to go. (laughs) But I realized doing clit talk that that was actually all trauma. That's not actually 
what I'm committed to when it comes to my sexuality. And that's where I discovered the energy side of sex. And I got super Mm -hmm. into all the tantric practices and sex magic being one of my favorites and really integrating breath work into sex and um, Mm -hmm. setting intentions before sex and, and really just kind of coming back to right. That little kid in me who, who knew how potent the energy was around sex you know, at 11, at, at, at eight, nine, 10 years old, I, I knew that I, I, not consciously, but in me, there wasn't, there was this knowing that sex is so magical and clit talk really brought me back in that journey, you know, back to that place of really recognizing just how potent sexual energy is. I mean, it's literally creative energy. It is, it is where we come through in this world. It is the ultimate creative energy. And so yeah, so my my self-pleasure practice mm-hmm. consists of sex magic. So, yes, sometimes I'll take my Hitachi vibrator and, you know, get her done in between conference calls if I really need, you know, to <laughs> orgasm, if I feel like I need to orgasm or whatever. <laughs> but my conscious pleasure practice has been to integrate sex magic into my masturbation. And I'll do that in, you know, throughout the week. I masturbate every day. And so I have a dedicated practice throughout the week. And what I do is I focus on, you know, what I'm desiring, what I want to call in. I slow down because I'm, I'm really like, uh, I'm, I operate at a very high excited frequency. I'm like a double Aries. So I'm just like, wee, everything's exciting. Let's start a fire everywhere we go. You know, everything's like that. Um, so I really slow down. I do breath work and I start to touch myself. In like a guided breathing kind of way, and I visualize my desires, and then I I do this sort of practice to extend my orgasm. So what's so brilliant for me is to just tap into um, sort of the energy work that sex can be, uh, which has helped me really not sexualize mm-hmm. the act and not objectify, you know, myself um, or others. And it's amazing. I got to the point now where like certain breathing can just turn me on and tingle my click. I don't even need to necessarily visualize anything or watch anything to stimulate me. And that was never possible before clit talk. I used to think some sensual energy was some bullshit. I would, I like with that person that like fast forward to the fucking in porn. Like, I'm like, I don't want to watch the beginning. Just take me to the squirting. Like that was me. So yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Well, Sometimes I still do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, show me some penetration. Right? (laughs) And just because we're on, you know, we're on the labia lounge, I just, I must share. I have this dream of like, yeah, dick and badge. But I have this dream of like, uh, because we're on the labia lounge, I'm like, okay, I need to show this. I have this dream of it being like a really windy day. And we live in Southern California, so there's like a lot of windy days. But like standing outside in my backyard on a super windy day with my naked with my legs just kind of spread wide and just like letting my labia like flap in the wind. <laughs> like let them fly. Like a little labia I have some butterfly. Long labia. <laughs> I have some long ass labia. One of my labia is like four times the length of the other. I love her. She's like extra. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually all seen your, both your and my labias. We did, we did a pussy church. So we, where you were actually yeah. you you actually lay it's, it's kind of like what Madison was describing except for so you lay like with your legs open and you are actually witnessed by a group of women mm. and led through yeah, this really beautiful. beautiful ceremony 
Um, and it was, it was really, really healing. Um, yeah, because I think, you know, Madison, you yeah, know, the, I, I think there, there's, there can be labia shaming and clit shaming and like, you know, mm. vaginoplasty to make your vagina look a certain way. And I think a lot of that, you know, was, was healed. Mm. I, I know for me inside of oh, yeah. um, that experience. Yeah, that's so beautiful. So cool. I love hearing that you, you guys are doing that. I thought it, I thought that was just like me and my friends doing all this stuff. And like, I can't believe sugar. You were like literally holding like a hybrid witchy women's circle and play party at the same time when you were like 10. That's epic. That's so fucking beautiful and like obviously devastating that that was just kind of squashed and beaten out of you by like cyberbullying and society but obviously you know you're still quite sexually expressed and free now and it's kind of come full circle and yeah I love hearing about that sort of like conception story incredible so mm. good guys she wow. found her way back to her um, coven well, <laughs> I did and just to be responsible I was not hosting a play party at the age of eight years old <laughs> But it was a play date. Remember play dates, ladies? When you had like, play, play dates. dates with your friends. Ooh, that yeah, is play a, dates. That Not to be a confused whole with new context to a play date. Adult play dates. <laughs> which you now have to. I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> I feel like I'm digging myself into a hole. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? Oh We're like God. play parties for children. That'd be so Oh my god. We'd be cancelled. <laughs> We'd be definitely cancelled. Cancel. The Sex Edgers Association of Planet Pluto would just be like, Woo. no, oh no. my god! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, since since we're in the in the storytelling mood, I'd love to do the segment "Get Pregnant and Die." Don't have sex because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise. And this is a segment where I ask you for an, a sort of anecdote or a story about how your sex education failed you, um, maybe something you would have loved to have learned more about, like the fact that it's totally okay and beautiful to have one labia that's way longer than the other, you know, any any kind of an- anecdotes you've got about your sex education? Mm. <clears throat> well, I had zero sex education, so I think that um, – you know, I, I, my son is two and a half and, um, I'm pregnant again with my daughter. I'm very Oh my excited. God. Congratulations. Thank we you. found out today that it's a girl. I found out today. Oh! I'm very excited. Oh my God. Um, dropping the news everywhere. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> think that, uh, as a parent and seeing, you know, you are, we are sexual beings at conception. We are, there is ultrasound research of fetuses self-pleasuring in the womb. And when we come out and we want to explore our bodies, it's a very natural thing. And I got to witness that in, in my son at like, you know, three, four months old. He wanted to self-soothe in that way, right? And that messaging starts there. Mm. It starts so much earlier than we think. And, um, and I think I, I love to speak to parents about this, um, from my own experience of having like no sex education that really led to a lot of, um, forced affection with family members 
to um, not expressing any agency over my body as a teenager to be very sexually, but like having no um, wings to really have any sort of conversation around consent and safety of my own body. Mm. So, um, so what I love to talk about is like for parents is talking about naming the organs, what they are. Like when you are my, I was never allowed to like say the word vagina or it's actually a vulva. The vagina is actually just the part that where the baby comes out. (laughs) Now one little part, (laughs) (laughs) which is not the entire thing, which is so funny that that or so ironic that that is what people would normally think that would be the word, right? For the female, for a female body. Mm. Um, But there's all this implicit versus explicit messaging when you give um, the, your private organ parts a different name like you want to call the penis like a winky or call the uh, vulva like a hoo-hoo you know and you don't want to you can't use the real word it gives an implicit message that there's some sort of division there there's something not allowed there's something shameful from a very young age and that's something that uh that i've just been just as a new parent, really seeing like how that can impact from very young, because I'm already talking to my son. It's it's a perfect, you know, two and a half years old talking about consent and safety and expressing agency Mm -hmm. over his own body and respecting the, my Mm -hmm. body and, um, you know, other kids that he plays with on the playground, you know, it starts so early. So I think that, um, as far as, uh, sex education and the lack of it in our, in our country, especially, I mean, you're not even required to, in most states, give medically accurate information when you're doing sex education. So there's, <sighs> there's a long way to go and it starts at home. Yeah. And it, and it really yeah. starts with, I think, parents being comfortable with their own sexuality and working through their own shame. And that's the only way that I've been able to even mm. approach this conversation. Cause otherwise I would have been like, Oh, hands off or, Oh, I don't know what to do because it's, because it, it, no one teaches you. Yeah. So a hundred percent. Oh my God. Fine. Totally. Yeah. I, um, I've got an episode that I, it was probably one of the first episodes I released was about sex positive parenting and how to create like a, a mm. sort of body pause, sex pause environment in the home with kids. And like, I'm so happy that you said that and that you're like doing such an amazing job, you know, educating and having these conversations with your son right from the get go. So fucking important. Awesome example. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know. I remember. I was. I saw. I saw Katie's son the other day. He was over at my house, and I, I. It was time to go, and I said, "Can I have a hug?" And he was like, "Nope." He wouldn't give me a hug, but he would give me a high five. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. But I didn't force him to, and neither did Katie. Katie wasn't like, no. "Go give Aunt mm-hmm. Lindsay a hug." She just said, "Okay." Mm-hmm. We were just like, "All right." And so he didn't. You know. And because I, I remember when I was a kid, everyone's like give them a hug. Or like, I remember I had one of my parents' friends, it was a woman. She would always grab my butt like really hard without asking. And I remember it used to really what? bother me. And it got to the point where I had to ask, her. I told her to stop because it was, she would just come up and grab my butt. And I was like, whoa, I don't oh like my that. God. Yeah. Yeah. I used to feel um, so awkward as a kid, like having to kiss relatives on the cheek or like do the kind of hug to say hello and I never knew how to actually like greet them and I would I would literally 
like stand on the other side of the table on the other side of the room when people were arriving and like try to get Mm. away with like the wave and use that as a barrier like try to avoid having to do the like awkward interaction of like hug kiss on cheek whatever like it just was too much for me as a kid I hated it (laughs) yeah um yeah yeah, affection is real like if mm. anyone feels like, oh, I don't have sexual trauma, well, did they make you give Uncle So and So a kiss on the and cheek? It didn't, and if you didn't, <laughs> didn't want make you to feel weird, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like that's trauma. Trauma has, can be that is, yeah, absolutely. Can, you know, oh, big T trauma and little T traumas. Yep, that's but right. it's still, yeah. it's you know, yeah. So I love the the that share so much. Um, mm. for for me, you know. Lord knows I did again in school, but I felt my mom did a great job of um, educating me about my sexuality. Um, but the realm that I would say was body positivity, hearing my mm-hmm. mom talk about her body in the way that she did, um, seeing it on TV, in magazines, what the standard of beauty is, has absolutely affected my sex life and my whole life. And it's something that I honestly really struggle with still to this day. Um, And, you know, I don't, it's not like I'm judging other people. It's definitely myself, (laughs) you know, and, and as we're talking about this, you know, something I'm incorporating into my morning routine that I'm so uncomfortable to do, but it's one of the tools that we give our, our participants is like naked affirmations, standing in the mirror, like head to toe and just admiring yourself and like rewiring your subconscious. And because there's years of being told what beauty is, you know, and I was a kid in the nineties when it was like all the models, you know, Kate Moss was just like this tiny little thing, which is beautiful. All bodies are beautiful, but I didn't look like that. And I was told that was the standard of yeah. beauty. Um, and you know, my weight fluctuates. It always, it always has. And I've been up and I've been down and, um, and I really am committed to disrupting that cycle, especially before I have a daughter <laughs> or a son and really being yeah. conscious of how I talk about myself. And you can't, I don't believe that it's something that you can fake. You can't just not you know, talk about it in front of your kids and, and tell them, you know, oh, it's all bodies are beautiful. You've got to really live it. So, um, that's part of my, um, we call them your desires roadmap. We do like quarterly desires roadmaps where we, we set our pleasure measures, you know, what we're incorporating into our life. Mm. And one of mine is to really like rewire my subconscious around this and break this cycle Mm. of body shaming myself because it just doesn't serve anything that I am committed to. Um, and it, and it's something I really, really struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's such a great intention to have. And especially like with, you know, having children in mind being like, I want to do this for me, but not only that I I need to do it for them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's a lot more motivating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to do stuff for yeah. other people than ourselves sometimes, especially our children. So yeah. our unborn children in yeah. your case. Our future children, yeah. <laughs> wow, yeah. Katie. I mean, Katie and Lindsay, both of your shares were so beautiful. I almost feel offended by what I'm about to share in response. <laughs> but I'm just going to represent our crew for us and I will just give you – this is not a beautiful epic tale. This is, the, this is a story about – okay, so <sighs> – 
what was missing for me in my sex education besides all of it was like some real opportunities when it comes to sex. I feel like no one talked about orgies. No one talked about group sex. Would have loved to have seen some non-monogamous education in in mm. the system. So I found my sorry. Two years into clit talk. This is about three. This is about three years ago. Maybe a little bit more. I found myself being given the offer of a lifetime. Okay, for DP. I didn't know what DP was. No one ever talked to me about DP. And sure shit, my algorithm, my porn algorithms were not pushing me DP because I only watched lesbian porn. So I just got pushed all the lesbian porn. So I never knew what DP was. <laughs> so Double I found myself. Do you explain what DP was? I'm in yeah, this. Explain what DP is I will. to the listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so DP stands for double penetration. And it's one dick in the butt and one dick in the vag, the ac- the, va- the vagina, not the vulva. It's going inside that hole. <laughs> so I, so I'm, I'm in this experience where I'm, I'm, there's an, or- like we're in an orgy. Okay. This, these folks that I'm with, there's eight of us, me, my husband, and these couple other couples, the orgy is happening. And all of a sudden <laughs> the offer of a lifetime comes my way. Like Madison, do you want to be DP'd? And I was like, that sounds so cool. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> because after two years of clit talk, still no one told me about DP. I'm what did you? What did you think it so, was? So, so I was like, I didn't know. I just like didn't. I was like, what is you that? Have no yeah, idea. what is that? And then they're like, wait, that's great. You have a podcast called. We're all naked, and they're like, wait, you have a podcast called Clit Talk, and you don't know what DP is. So then, which of course we, as we mentioned in the beginning, we'll try anything once i had to do it for the show to be able to talk about my experience in the name of research (laughs) and pleasure um so nonetheless like yeah like i here i was like almost nearly 25 had been on clip talk for two years and like just had no education around the sex act that was apparently such a thing um so i found out in that moment it was a little embarrassing because i was like well yeah i do have a sex podcast and why don't i know about this and um (laughs) Why did no one talk to me about DP? Okay. And did you know that you could put two dicks in a vagina? I've also done that. That's called DV. More on that later. But so yeah, I would have loved to have seen, I would love to see in our sex education um, curriculums today, more conversation about some of these more um, explicit acts. Cause like, that's a dangerous thing to do. Like you do DP, like you need to make sure you'd like Got two people that also know what they're doing. Got the right kind of mm. lube and setup and positioning. Like you can hurt yourself. Like we've accidentally hurt ourselves with vibrators. We've been gifted. Like you, yeah. you know. So like, we have. I feel like, like we. True like, story. Come on, talk about sex safety, right? Like mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. and and I would love some, you know, some more education of like the options of having sex with multiple partners. You know, we don't talk about that in the existing sex education system. Like that's frowned upon, right? That's like, you're a slut. If you like two dicks up the butt, like what you hoe, (laughs) but it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And first of all, like, yeah. Don't get your mouth in in your ears. Just saying. Yeah. Oh yeah. I suck. Yeah. I suck. (laughs) 
No, no, That's I take D- that one back. D E <laughs> Dick and I. Oh, yeah. So of course I've made it my personal mission to educate the world about DP <laughs> any moment I can. Like anytime it comes up, I'm like, oh, by the way, like that's this, this, and this. You know, I'm like, because I want to normalize talking about some of these more um unknown and I'll say explicit in quotation marks. Like, I don't want to leave, let's not learn how to do T- DP from porn. Like sex educators, mm-hmm. let's talk about <laughs> Let's not t- leave it to porn to get our tutorials for 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 DP. You know, right? Well, yes. there is some porn out there. Like Kenneth Play has made educate. Like there is X-rated educational videos out there now. Yeah, I know Kenneth Play has some I amazing wonder, ones. He's amazing. I wonder if Kenneth Play has a DP video. I would love. I'm sure he does. I wouldn't put it past him. Totally. I think I think I'm understanding this segment a little bit. I do have something that I wish I knew that I know now <laughs> that I use. Oh, and yes. I shared it on um, many interviews, but like it's it's you know I was never able to receive like oral sex for a long time without like feeling overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. there is this breathing technique from um, Marla Mervis Hartman from Love Your Body, Love Yourself, and it's one of my favorite techniques. It's straw breathing. But what I didn't know is that all of your spongy orifices are have erotic tissue and they're all connected. So if you breathe in through your mouth, like you're sipping through a straw, like you can feel your pussy open mm. and the close <laughs> and you can actually edge that way and help to harness your breathing and harness the ability to receive. And that has tremendously changed my ability to um, receive pleasure either from myself or my Mm. husband. Oh, wait, no, I have one. Eye opening for me. No, wait, (laughs) I have one. I have one. Actually, I really wish someone had educated me on what squirting was when I was younger. Mm. Because yeah, that's a big one. The first time I squirted was in high school, and I, I and the guy both thought that I peed the bed, and he ended up telling everyone that I peed the bed. Oh, oh and no. and you know oh. it's something that can it just happens to women, and you know mm. I really wish like I mean honestly even like as early as middle school like I want my daughter to at least know what it is. So that if it happens, they don't think that there's something wrong with them. That that's something that was definitely missing from my sex education. And it and feels I, good. It feels really fucking good. Yeah. He was finger blasting the shit out of me, oh and I came. Wow, what a surprise! <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, if I had a fucking dollar for the amount of people that have said, "Oh my god, the first time I squirted, I was totally unprepared. We didn't know what it was, and then we thought that I'd pissed to the bed, and I've had shame around it ever since. And now I can't squirt because my body just like, you know, won't let it happen. Mm. It's just yeah, oh, you have to be very relaxed to squirt. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Just surrendered to the fact that you might be about to piss yourself. Like that's part of it. Um. Well, I guess let's just go straight into TMI. Like, I feel like we're already there. We're already kind of um, in in the in the mood for some raunchy TMI. stories. 
And I'm also conscious of time. Mm. I don't want to, I don't want to, um, hold you guys up too much because I know it's the evening <laughs> for you over there. But, um, yeah, what do you got for me? Let's, let's TMI it out. I only have anal sex internationally. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. Why? <laughs> With my, well, it's not totally true, but with, with my current partner, we, we've been together for three years now at this point. We only had anal sex when we went to Tulum, Mexico, but I don't know what got into me. Like maybe something in the tequila there. I wanted to have anal sex like every single night. Like I didn't even need lube. I was so turned on by it. I was like, put it in my butt. And then, but we've never done it since, but we did it like every day that we were in Mexico. (laughs) I mean, statistics show that like people have more sex on holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I reckon because you're on holiday, you know, like you're feeling relaxed. You don't have to think about work, stuff like that. Like literally there's like stats on that, that people have better sex. They're more aroused. Their libido is higher and, um, and they have it more frequently when they're on vacation so that oh, makes yeah. sense <laughs> we met we have tons of hotel sex uh no and then okay then one more i talked about these kinky fantasies my tmi is one of my fantasies is i like to pretend like i'm 16 years old being gang banged by a bunch of soccer dads <laughs> nice. fuck yeah I love that. oh that's hot soccer dads right? like driving like a full soccer mom kind of car um, in, in my fantasy, Tarago or something. In my fantasy, it's kind of like a sex ring where they all have to pay me to do it. <laughs> like oh, a nice basically entrepreneurial, a teenage, yeah, an, an entrepreneurial whore, sixteen-year-old whore. <laughs> oh, it's so oh, layered. Man. Very complex fantasy. Love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Excuse this unseemly interruption, my darlings. I must ask a wee little favour of you. I'm shamelessly seeking reviews and five-star ratings for the potty because, as I'm sure you've noticed by now, it's pretty fab, and the more people who get to hear it, the more people it can help. Reviews and ratings make it more likely to get recognized by the algorithmic gods and suggested to other listeners to check out. Plus, they make me feel pretty good and appreciated as I continue to pour my heart and soul into creating this baby for you. Now, I promise I don't maz over them or anything like that. I mostly just read them out to Locke with a big grin on my face and he says something like, see, you're killing it. Proud of you, babe. And then I tuck it away for a rainy day when I'm filled with self-doubt and existential dread about being self-employed. So, you know, doing this really does make a difference and is an easy little act of support that you can take in just a minute or two by either going to Spotify and leaving five stars for the show or writing a written review and leaving five stars over on Apple Podcasts. Or if you're a real overachiever, you can do both. Well, now that would be kind of crazy. Crazy awesome, obviously. Like that would be super ideal. Would love that. If you're writing a review though, just be sure to only use G-rated words because despite the fact that this is a podcast about sexuality and all that good stuff, the platforms censor words like sex and won't actually show your review. Lame. Anyway, 
oh, oh, you're going to do it right now while I wait? Oh, yeah. No, no. Awesome. Great. That's like, yeah, great idea. May as well just like quickly click that five-star button before we get on with it and, you know, forget or whatever. I mean, life just kind of gets in the way sometimes. So, I totally agree. It would be best to just do it now while we're talking about it, you know, while, while we're on the topic. Totally, totally, totally. Yep. Oh, Oh, I can feel those five-star reviews rolling in. Mm, fuck yeah. All right, all right. Well, thank you much, Lee. You're a total gem, and I'll let you get back to the episode now. Love ya. I've recently been exploring, actually, I mean, I, I joked earlier about, like, plug all my holes, but, like, I actually have really been enjoying that in my own personal pleasure practice of, like, putting my <laughs> double-sided dildo in my mouth and having it oh reach down as well with my butt plug in and listening to Usher or Dipsia. And I've really kind of been super turned down by incorporating plugging my mouth while I plug my two other holes. That's pretty hot, actually. Nice. That's well done. Combo move. Wow. You can open your (laughs) mouth that wide? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Nice. The girth on is so good. the the girth is actually what turns me on because it's like it can't go any further. any farther right. I mean, okay, and we know I'm this. We know this, this right now. because we have seen <laughs> we have seen her double sided dildo and it's massive. Okay. It, it comes okay. to all okay. of our photo shoots. It comes to all of the photo shoots. That's right. Because me and Katie both own double sided dildos, but for very different reasons. I have a double sided dildo because it's my favorite lesbian sex toy. <laughs> Katie owns a double-sided dildo because she realized that she could optimize her sex practice because she <laughs> thought it was it was longer. I thought it was just like a longer dildo so that I could sit up more and have it still reach my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> I see. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much easier. Oh I, I saw it in a porn. I was like, this is such a good idea. Like, <laughs> I just cry every time we talk about this because it's so funny to me. I can't. It's like, and like, <laughs> she literally, like, literally didn't know, what, like, that, like, normally they're used for like two women or like, like, no idea. I didn't like, know that. Or, 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 you know, what? it wasn't why I bought it. It's so funny. But like, when we hang, when they go, because they come to all of our photo shoots. They, we're not joking. We bring them with us. Sometimes we'll sword fight with them. But my double-sided dildo compared to Kate. Like, I wish they were all – Katie, I wish we had them right now so we could show everyone listening. Is it, is it in reaching distance? No, it's not. I think you should go get it, anyway, Katie. Absolutely. It's, abs- it's amazing. Yeah. It's <laughs> obscene. It's obscene. Well, <sighs> you can send photos of them in and I'll put them in the Labia Lounge Facebook group and then we can all see – what they look like, say, you know, uh, the fourth member of Clit Talk is Katie's double-headed <laughs> I love that. I love that Katie is the one with the jumbo-sized double-sided dildo. Not me or Sugar. Dark horse. Dark it's horse. Pretty- I got the biggest so- one that had the, the longest amount it. of, you know, ergonomically... Um, proper you know girth and we got it babe it was a really <laughs> logical purchase. it was you optimized your pleasure we pleasure, support you and your double-sided dildo katie we fully support I you i don't know how i could go on post-pandemic without that dildo in my life your dildo of course. <laughs> yeah not not hers but yours oh my gosh it's oh, definitely paid about its all way. of our things <laughs> yes 
Oh, wow. Oh, God. I don't think I could handle it. I, I have like such a tiny mouth. I honestly, it's like a huge joke between my friends and my partner and I, like teeny little mouth. And my jaw gets so fucking sore and locked up sometimes when I oh, try really? to get hurt. It's I'm with you. Bit of an my issue. locked jaw sister right there. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay massages like, her jaw with her, with her vibrators. It's very, it's very, they're very good for yeah, releasing for tension sure. in the jaw. Honestly, they're good face massagers. Sweet. Little face <laughs> massager. That's awesome. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of just do it with my fingers, but I'll, I'll give that a go. Cause you know, like Katie, you were saying this sort of soft tissue, like all of our like sphincters, basically our mouth, our throat, our vagina, our anus, they're all very connected. And so releasing tension mm-hmm. up here around the jaw and the throat releases tension and softens and opens your vag and your anus. So hot tip. Definitely. There we go. <laughs> I love hearing the word vag. You all know Aquafina. <laughs> Her my vag, my vag. Have you heard that song? Oh, no. no, she did like a no. remake to my dick. It's oh wow, oh. Aquafina. She did a remake to the song called My Dick, and it's called My Vag. I was she gonna do a remake. Re- Release the song. Oh wow, you guys should be friends. And I had that idea. She, maybe you, maybe you do one. Maybe you do one called My Vulva. We do one called My Clit. My Clit. My Clit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Well, she launches this song, right, this music video. She was working in a corporate job. Someone at her corporate job found out. She gets fired and then goes on to become now, obviously, a very famous comedian and movie star. But it launched oh, her career. Wow. Yeah, right. it actually launched wow. her fucking career. She's a badass. Pussy so power. Right. I'm so happy about the ending of that story. That could have gone differently, but that is fucking awesome. Yeah. A testament to the times that we're living in. Things are definitely looking up in the sex positive. I mean, she still got fired, so they're not that far along, but launched her career. Fabulous. Great to hear. (laughs) I'm going to look up that song as soon as we get off the podcast. I'll post the song to the Facey group as well, everyone. But I'm dying for this... uh, TMI story from Sugar. I mean, you've okay. kind of set the bar I feel like I know the one high. you're going to tell. Yeah. I know my clits. I feel like you've heard me share this so many times. So I hope I do it, it justice. You got to tell um, it. I'm going to share about the time where I experienced my greatest fantasy alongside <laughs> my greatest fear at the same fucking moment. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. So, hey, me again. If you'd like to support the potty and you've already given it five stars on whatever platform you're listening on, I want to mention that you can also buy some dope merch from my website and get yourself a labia lounge tote, tea, togs. Yep, you heard that right. I even have labia lounge bathers or a cute fanny pack if that'd blow your hair back. Or, if fashion isn't your passion, you can donate to my Buy Me a Coffee donation page, which I actually call Buy Me a Soy Chai Latte, because I will be the first to admit I'm a bit of a Melbourne cafe tosser like that. And yes, that is my coffee order. Um, so you can do a once-off donation or an ongoing membership and sponsor me for as little as three fat ones a month. Every bit helps, because it's not cheap to put out a sweet podcast into the world every week out of my own pocket. So I will be undyingly grateful if you support me financially in this way and if you like i'll even give you a mental bj with my mind from the lounge itself which is at this early stage in double l history just the spare bedroom at my house (laughs) anyway i'll pop the links in the show notes later i was there i was hosting my second play party ever in full queen costume, in my bedroom, in my throne, with my husband and four other men. 
touching me. I was basically having my first five sum with all guys. And nice. this was a huge fantasy for me to just only be with a group of men. I've had so much uh, female, female play in my life and so many threesomes with my partner. Like I, this was for me. This was like my fantasy, right? And these guys were my friends as well. So they were totally in support of it. <clears throat> and I am so turned on. I mean, I'm at that point where you could just like, if you just touched my clit, I'd start squirting like that level of turn on. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm in the bed. My husband is finger banging me. Uh, and it, it, I just start squirting. But at that same moment of squirting, <laughs> I knew what was about to happen. And so I gracefully placed my hand under my buttocks. Oh, As I no. caught a small <laughs> little turd <laughs> in my hand. Like I squirted so hard that I like, like a little turd came out. It's like a little present, like, here you go, sugar. Are you proud of yourself? So what did I do? Because I'm squirting like a maniac while shitting in my hand. I... I like must have looked like a deer in the headlights. And I just was like, ah, ah. and I was like, I said to my partner, I'm like, come here. He comes to me. And I was like, I just shit in my hand. Can you clear the room? <laughs> and he was like, without a beat, Freya, he goes, excuse me, everyone. She's going to need a minute. <laughs> she just shit in her hand. The whole room cleared the room. Meanwhile, good thing they left because all of a sudden I can smell the shit on my hand. And I'm like, oh, God. I totally locked my door. And once everyone got in my room, I was like, holy fuck, thank God this is my play party. And I can spend 30 minutes in my bathroom right now just like washing the smell of shit off of my hand. So I don't know what to say for myself, oh my except, God. you know, you never know till you try. You know, I really <laughs> will try anything once, almost anything once. I'll definitely try anything oh. like three times, but yeah. just to make, just to make my sure God. how I feel about it, you know. <laughs> Would you want to try that so again? Bad. A four, a fivesome? Getting no, finger sh- banged? No, Absolutely. Sh- shitting in your hand. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. I don't know about the shitting in my hand, but I would definitely I would definitely be like, look, if it happens, it happens. I already experienced it one time, you know? I can handle it again. But I definitely yeah, would not yeah. avoid a five sum for the fear of shitting. Definitely not. That would not get mm. in my way. I'd be like, let's go. Let's do this. And that I'm is the really like that really is the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't let your shame get the best of you. Like, you know, don't let your shame get the best of you. You know what I did, though? I had to because I felt so uncomfortable. And I was just like, can people smell the poop on me? Because I was at that point, I was like, I felt gross a little bit. I was like, okay, I need I need some sort of practice. So us ladies, we really believe in sharing your shame. So what did I do immediately after I went up to like every person involved in the act? And I was like, hey, I just wanted to like, let you know, like what happened since you were asked to clear the room. I didn't want you to think I'm some like diva hoe over here. So actually, what happened was, I just shit in my hand. It's no no big deal. Everything's fine. Thank you for being part of that experience. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, and I just went up to every person that was involved in my experience and just clarified for them, like, hey, you know what just happened? I just got a little poopy in my hand, you know? And they all were really cool with it. They were like, whoa, thanks for sharing. Like, that's crazy. Like, you're crazy. But you know, you're crazy. I felt better. I felt better. That's all I know. I I felt way relieved. I was like, at least they know. I know I can laugh it off. I can laugh, like just, just share the shame, you know, don't let it get in the way of, um, you living your truth or trying new things. And Mm, mm. 
Yeah. yeah. So you don't yeah, know until you try. This video. <laughs> we have a video in our Clit Talks Hottest Sex Tips portal of um, something that I do, which is like completely emptying my body before sex. Like I love to sit on the toilet with my Hitachi vibrator and like completely empty my body before sex. It's like the best. So you like really use the vibrator at the same time as you're shitting? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's what she and like, means. And like oh, peeing that- and squirting and like, yeah. you know, everything goes into the toilet and it's not a oh me- not God. messy. Yeah, because I, like, I was going to say like – part of my warm-up. I was like, oh, was it kind of like anal beads being pulled out? Because you were, you were coming and squirting and then the poo coming out. Like that could – if it wasn't poo, that could have been a quite pleasurable sensation, but I'm, I'm guessing you were just freaking out and couldn't really enjoy it because you were like, I'm shitting. <laughs> I wish I wish I was – I wish I could say I didn't enjoy it, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself regardless of the shit. I was just like – I just wanted to handle it, but like, no, nah, like – I mean, there's like – there's a moment of like – <laughs> you know, when you squirt, you're super relaxed. We were just talking about that, right? We were just having that conversation before yeah. I shared this saga. Um, so because I was relaxed, like there wasn't, it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just emotionally uncomfortable. It's like, you know, the thing yeah. you're fucking afraid of, you don't want to like, it's like, like you're having a middle, if it's like when you're having a conversation with somebody and you accidentally like fart and then you try to laugh to cover <laughs> it up and you're like, oh, <laughs> not laughing but I just farted and I'm covering it up right now right it was like one of those moments where I was like it felt good like come on when you when you're talking to someone and they make you laugh and like you accidentally fart like that feels good you know it needed to come yeah, out I feel good totally shitting right good. but yeah. oh I'm all about it. but you want to cover it up and make it be like that did not just, did you just hear that you know yeah yeah you just totally. need to have some poopery on hand everyone afterwards yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah. Well, I, I love like talking about like shit naming. and <laughs> <laughs> I don't uh, like talking shit like about people, but I love talking about my own shit very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, why not? I feel like it's just one of the, one of those sort of taboo topics that people don't talk about enough. And it's like fun. I, I love like farts are funny to me. Farts are funny. Like shit stories are super funny. I've got like great, great stories. None, none that were my, oh, actually I have a really, really good one that's mine, but it's probably a little bit too long winded, um, to share in this episode. Maybe I'll have to share it in another episode. But yeah, I've got a few friends that have like the best stories like that as well. Although I think that yours takes the cake. Um, <laughs> for that. that was, phenomenal that was her goal when i saw this segment i was like should i share this one katie and Lindsay have heard this so many times and then i'm like this this is my story (laughs) it's your truth no other one this story is my truth (laughs) you couldn't have told any other story like that is that's the one i'm very um i'm very honored that you like went through the labors of telling it all over again just for us because i can guarantee like everyone listening to this is just going to be like probably shitting themselves with love (laughs) hopefully not in the middle of an orgy though (laughs) yeah it's like but top it's okay, 10 yeah. tips. No, not really. Top 10 tips for having a good orgy. Character building and bonding experience. <laughs> You're right. Very character building. <laughs> Definitely. Oh my Shaped God. Shaped who I am on, on, yeah. for sure. <laughs> well, now I have a very different ritual oh, before fuck. I do any group sex. Like, 
I definitely am like very mindful ever since then. I'm like, all right, I need to like, um, like I'll do, if I go to a, a, a sex party, which isn't not often, like I'll do an edema before. Cause I mean, that, that's that fucking experience sort of did scar me, even though I shared about it and laughed about it and blah, blah, blah. Like, of course, before yeah. my next orgy, I was like, Oh shit, I hope it doesn't happen again. <laughs> you know, pun intended. I'm prepared if it does. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> yeah. So totally. Yeah. I know a lot of people that enema before, you know, well, usually just before anal sex, but, you know, before things like sex parties or, like, when when you're just not really sure what's going to happen or what's going to be on the cards, it's just better, better to be safe than sorry. I like Katie's approach, just sit on the toilet and full full body evacuation. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. It's a good warm-up. I usually take oh some cold max like the night before event, a good sex party. <laughs> I'd be exhausted after that. Uh, all right okay all right well just before we wrap up um to kind of tie it back into self-pleasure living like a pleasure positive lifestyle um you know do you have any like super simple and accessible first steps or like ideas for people who don't know where to start because you know sometimes especially when we've let our sexual energy lie dormant and you know our vag has gone to sleep a little bit and it's been a while um it can just be really hard to like get back on the horse and sometimes we just really don't fucking feel like it um you know I mean it doesn't even have to be like sexual pleasure either I guess a pleasure positive lifestyle encompasses all different kinds of pleasure but yeah I'd love to hear from you if you've got some hot tips on where people can start you know embracing and living a sex positive or sorry pleasure positive lifestyle um yeah I mean I would say one of the things that we we teach um, with our participants is something called like pleasure mapping. Um, and obviously we go into a lot more detail in it, but basically the concept is, 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 you know, what if you lived your life, um, by putting your pleasure first? And I would say the first step in that is for people who don't even know what that looks like for them is to set aside some time and really get clear on what your desires are. I think very few people actually set aside the time to like really get clear on what their desires are. Um, and that's really, really what we teach in our, in our, um, sex and empowerment signature masterclass is re- going really in depth into that. Um, and pleasure mapping like your whole life and, and what that, and what that opens up. Because I know for me, when I started, putting my pleasure first, I like quadrupled my income. Like, you know, like, like other things in your life start to work when you start making your pleasure like a priority. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, we do have a, um, a meditation, like a desired future meditation, um, free offer. If you do want to sign up for the waitlist for any of our courses at clittalkshow.com backslash Wait, wait list. Wait list. So, and we also have, we also have, we also have a, 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 the, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if for people who are just getting back on the horse, like aren't, aren't really comfortable connecting with your body yet to give yourself the permission to cup your sex center over your clothes and just do that straw breathing of allowing to just to feel your body. Just to like feel your body as it naturally moves and to 
kind of just have that be a practice. I think it's a really simple thing to just kind of breathe with your body and to touch yourself and not in a sexual way, but just in a connected way, physically connected. And um, Mm. I think that's a really good place to start. And I also encourage anyone listening, if to write to us because we read everything that comes in and we respond back. And I think really getting it out if you don't feel comfortable or don't have anyone that you can talk to. And I'm sure Freya, they could email you too. Like to, yeah, to get totally. into communication with people who, who really do care and really know that it's important to prioritize your pleasure and the difference that that makes in every individual's life of the people that we work with. So um, mm. those would be the two things to start. Mm-hmm. that I would recommend. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So just to create mm-hmm. for you, you again are two resources that you can go to. You can go to clittalkshow.com forward slash waitlist and there you can get a custom meditation that really supports you in visualizing your desires. Uh, and then we also have our, as we shared earlier, Clit Talk Cliff Notes, which is just a little bit of like a smorgasbord of like, the best of the best from the last 200 episodes from communication tips and relationships to your masturbation styles to um, some breathing clit practices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have some dick really t- good Oh, there's some good dick, both clit yeah, and dick tips in there. <laughs> oh, there are. Oh, yeah. We there's give like some really audio good. audio training. In fact, I'll just say dick <laughs> whspering. Yeah. Uh, is, I'll just tease that up. But oh, my gosh. If you are interested That's in really what was missing from my sex education was dick whispering, honestly. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my god, huge, huge, totally. Game changer. Oh my god, I wish I learned that when I was started second dick at the, you know, in high school or whenever that was. That would have been I would have that would have been amazing. Would have changed my head game forever. Totally. Um so if you're interested in that resource which has the best of the best that you can really sift through and see what you're called to in that presentation, that is clittalkshow.com forward slash guide. So those are the Beautiful. two resources that yeah, and I'll grab all of you. the links and stuff and pop them in the show notes as well in the Facebook group. Um, so yeah, that you'll be you'll be resourced up. Um, thank you. So I just want to say one more much. thing, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. As you're closing out the show. <laughs> Oh, this no, this lag is kind of sexy though, because I feel like you know we're like apologizing to others, like oh no, I'm so sorry, I don't oh. want to talk over you. <laughs> and it's like no, um, but if you haven't faced your genitals before, like you haven't mm-hmm. looked at them, it's been a couple years. Go, like before you do anything, any links, like like go go to the mirror and like look at yourself, no matter mm-hmm. what kind of genitalia you have, just just. Go in the mirror and and face yourself. Say hello, say hi, and and see what she, he, or they have to say. Yeah, yeah, amazing tip. Take Love that bit yeah. of bit of pussy gazing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's homework I give all of my clients because it's quite amazing. Like most people don't do it, um, and I even you know when I get a pap smear, I'm like, hand me a mirror, bitch. Like I want to see that cervix. Like while I'm open with a speculum, like actually, oh, have that's a good idea. So that I can do it myself. That's a great but, idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pretty 
pretty gnarly, pretty visceral. It's definitely the inside of your body and it's all pink and slimy and stuff, but I would highly recommend, you know, you can even buy little kits and speculums online and like get a mirror and a torch and look at it, look at it yourself. But I also just ask the doctor when I'm getting a, a pap smear and they always have to have like a little handheld mirror in their, their office. So they're very, they're always very surprised, but they have to oblige <laughs> but- and it's a good opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I, maybe excited. maybe the three of us need to get speculums and do this in an episode about looking. Well, at I actually am due for a pap smear. <laughs> I just had one, and you're only supposed to get them like every five years now. So, really? Yeah, you got to get yeah. your own speculum oh. then. Um, you can do a circle. You, I mean, sugar could like facilitate a a cervix circle. circle? And you can look at each other's cervixes. <laughs> that would be really yeah like cervix like instead of pussy gazing church it's cervix gazing church <laughs> yeah that would be intense. i mean do it i, I feel like you're going to do it surely yeah, yeah. you guys are down for yeah it. let well, me know we how it most goes. likely will well we did <laughs> yeah. declare that we'll try anything once <laughs> so i know we said almost anything <laughs> but i'm willing right. to try this <laughs> i feel like i could get also, trained well, with a speculum Oh, it's quite easy. Yeah, it's pretty easy actually. You can just do it's you would have no problem. Yeah, you can just order them online and um yeah, it's pretty chill. I think it would be a really nice, beautiful, interesting, weird thing to do together. I'll have to have you back on to talk about your experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'd love that. Is yes. this a dare, Freya? Is this a dare? Yeah. It's homework. <laughs> I think it's a ch- challenge. It's homework. <laughs> She's like, it's not a dare, it's homework. <laughs> all right Uh, all right my love thank you so much this has been heaps of fun sorry about the lag i feel like we were just like but hopefully it comes out okay and um i'm sure people are going to have a blast listening to this so yeah i'll speak to you all soon thank you so much thank you thank you so much and that's it darling hearts Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.